Welcome to the Grip City Golf Podcast, your source for new information, insightful interviews, and good old-fashioned banter about golf in Portland, Oregon. Today's episode is presented by Brink and Brown Sanitation. Introducing the hosts of Grip City Golf, Andy Dirk Johnson and Eric Peterson. All right, welcome in episode 17. What's happening, everybody? Grip City Golf Podcast, and uh, we're jumping right in this week. We'll get to a master's preview, or excuse me, recap, and some listener questions coming up a little bit later. But we're jumping in with a man who needs no introduction, <laughs> Mike Barrett, now of X Golf. We're live here at X Golf to Wallaton. Before we get to anything golf related, business related, we got to start with the three burning questions we open with everybody. The handicap, the home course, mm. and what sticks is Mike Barrett playing right now? All right. Uh, well, let's start with the last one first. I'm playing TaylorMade P790s. Okay, got the same. Um, and I just got the Stealth, which I, I'm, I don't go in for the latest and greatest normally. Um, I, had a, I, had a, I was hitting the older TaylorMade, the, what was it, the R5, um, and, but the Ooh, the stealth is a hammer. Does it have forgiveness, like the commercials say? It does, but it also, <laughs> I think it's also that I've, I've got a low kick shaft in it that I think is, I, I'm not, I used to carry X-Flex, and I, I just, I, I <laughs> can't let, those times are not here anymore. But my ball speed's 150, around 150. Okay. But with that, and I was in here the other day hitting, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but... <laughs> You know, you get an instant readout on the screen, and I it was never really into the stats. But I'm getting 160 with that stealth, almost like just as soon as you pick it up. That's a good endorsement right I there. I know, I know. I like that. And I'm not doing it for that. It might be the <laughs> shaft because, you know, the shaft is your engine. Um, but, man, you can feel it bend. And and I'm not really into that. I used to hit the ball a lot further than I do now. But um, with that, if I if I complete the backswing, I can feel that thing bend. And, and it kicks low because I hit a high ball. Um, but anyway, that's the driver, and I okay. still hit an old uh, Vapor 3-wood, which I love, that I've got a, uh, a Fujikura shaft in, which is great. Um, back, at, back when Nike Golf was cranking and doing clubs, I got to know the guy here who was kind of their club fitter for NBA players and endorsers. And so I got to know him, and he used to let me come in, and he would fit me, and he had all this stuff around. So Man, I got spoiled for a few That's years. That's a good I guy got, to know in your life right oh, there. Shaft-wise, yes, because shafts are so expensive. And, you know, people forget oftentimes if they're a mid-handicapper or high-handicapper, you just don't realize how important the shaft is. And he taught me a lesson on the value of a shaft. And so once I got the – and he always had the shafts in there because I never wanted to blow 400 bucks on a shaft because I just thought – well, I just spent 600 bucks on a driver. <laughs> right. I'm not going to do that. And you don't even know if it's going to work. No, right. Yeah. right. And, and you know, and, and that was before, and this was back before really X-Golf, TrackMan, all these things that you could get immediate feedback. Now to be a club fitter, and PX, the PXG guys come in now and then and fit in a bay here, but you just get such immediate feedback, and it stacks up so you can compare against other shafts immediately and look and see how they're kicking and whatever. So anyway, um, and then I'm hitting a Scotty Cameron putter and uh, I have Cleveland wedges. I carry a 52, 56 and a 60. Okay. Yeah. I like that combo. Okay. Yeah. And then home course and what's your handicap? Uh, well, I don't have a home course now. Yeah. I mean, X golf is, is my is home. The home That's, course? Yeah. I have, I've only played, this is crazy, but I've only played outside like three times in the last year. Really? And I lived in Tualatin during all my blazer years and I used to play Tualatin country club a mm -hmm. lot, but I was never a member because if you had a few tickets, 
and you do a little trade deal, and God rest his soul, Sean Fredrickson was a good friend of mine, and Sean, who passed in that plane crash oh, in yeah. Idaho. Um, yeah, Sean and I had a little deal worked out. I can say it now, so but I played there a lot. Great so track. what's your what, what's the home course on the on the uh, X Golf track, man? You know what's funny is we have about sixty courses, including you know St Andrews, Pebble, Coeur d'Alene. We have a lot of those courses, but I direct people to the Asian courses because they have X Golf is a South Korean company, and there's X Golfs all over Australia and all over South Korea. And Pebble is great. Most people want to come in and play Pebble Beach or they want to play Spyglass. And they're great. Nothing wrong with them. But for some reason, I have drifted to these Asian courses. So there's a course called T-Cloud. There's a course called Asiana. There's a, uh, what is the other one down there? Montvert. There's there's four or five courses, a couple in Japan and a few in Korea that I just love on here. And I can show you a little later. But I also do like Harbortown on here because Harbortown is very tight. If you play Bethpage or Innisbrook or uh, East Lake on here, they're great, but they're wide open, not a lot of trees, and so I'm not sure. I just don't think they maybe took as long to create those courses as they did. Harbor Town though is fantastic, but you have to like the real one, like Tualatin Country Club. You have to hit it straight. Got to keep it straight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you spray it, you're in trouble and you're pitching out. D- does the wind come into play too? Is that you can turn funny? the wind on we can and get off? Windy at Harbor Town yeah. or yeah. some of these other courses. So you can turn. It's got different wind settings, and if you play, if you really want to torture yourself, play the blue tees at St Andrews and turn the wind on. <laughs> It'll kick your butt. Um, and I do that once in a while when I just feel like. But the St. Andrews course on here is fantastic, but it is brutal. And it's real. It's probably the most realistic courses I, they have I, in terms of outside, you know, kind of rough. And you'll hit it. You'll bang it down the middle, and you it'll say you're in the fairway, and it doesn't look like you're in the fairway. And then at times you'll be like the real St. Andrews. I mean, it's it's gorse and, 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 and bushes. And, right. Yeah, it's uh, – but there's – I think there's a par five, I think, on – this St. Andrews course from the Blues, it's about 655. Oh. And you get the wind in your face. I'm so. going to Bandon this week, and maybe it'd be a good prep to come here and play the old course with the wind turned up. Completely. So you know, practice a little bit. <laughs> yes. Add and a little rain to the mix, too, if you can. Throw the weather into the elements in there. you got to get ready to go. And you can turn on a random wind on here to where for every shot it's, it's gusting. You don't know which way it's going. And it does affect you. Maybe not as much as, like, if you've played Xbox golf games and stuff. And I always find in those video games the wind is – it does more than it really would in real life, I think. Yes. Um, on this, though, it doesn't. But it does affect your flight, for sure. And you can see it. And you have to plan for it. Hit those, um, hit those knockdown shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it records that. And the other thing that is really cool about, and this is St. Andrews, too, with the massive greens, but um, the X-Golf putting greens, the putting is, I would say, from playing indoors in here the last 16 months, the biggest part of my game that's improved is my putting. Really? And I've always been a good putter. But we had some guys come in recently, and he said he, he, they got set up and they played a couple, started to play a hole, and he came over and he goes, can we just turn the putting off like track man, just have an auto putt? And I said, no. And I said, but you're going to like it. And he said, ah, I've played other ones, and it just takes so much time to putt. It eats up all of our bay time. And I showed him the putting and kind of how it works. And it's, it defaults to a seven-foot gimme. You can change that. So for league nights, like tonight, we'll turn the turn that setting down to two, I think, or three. Okay, three anything feet, super close, me. you just yeah, grab inside the leather. Yeah. But to keep your round going, we, we keep it on seven feet, and that way you're not, you know, you're not 
You don't have six putts per hole. Yeah. And if you putt it correctly and it shows you the break like it would a video game, I think it's really accurate. That's really so. Before we get too deep into the woods on on X golf, because there's a million yeah, I already things have. I want to Sorry go about down. that. No, I love it. This is great. <laughs> I, the passion is there, and it's awesome. I'm just from your background. I'm curious where where did the love of golf come? I mean, I imagine to venture into a business like this, there's got to be passion. Is it family related? Is it yeah. something you picked up? How how did you fall in love with the game of golf? Well, I grew up in Albany, and my dad was uh, the basketball coach at West Albany, and he was also the golf coach in his early years. And they won a state championship in the '70s. And back in the day, you could be a teacher and a coach and belong to a country club in a small town because it wasn't expensive. You know, it wasn't like now. And not that it's overly expensive now. So I grew up at Spring Hill in Albany. and We lived a half mile from the course. So every summer, I'd ride my bike with my clubs on my back, and I worked at the course, and I picked the range. And my memories of that are better than, I mean, they've always been great. Like, I always talk to Chris Carnahan from Jones Sports because he, he grew up in Albany at Spring Hill. So we both have these fond memories of, of Spring Hill. And the Oregon State team would come over and play back before Tristing Tree. They would play sure. Corvallis Country Club in Spring Hill. And then we had reciprocals at Tokatee, at Illahee. So I played all those mid-valley courses and never much up here. But Spring Hill was a phenomenal course to grow up on because it was a fairly tight course. But it had three threes, three fours, three fives on each side, no two in succession. So it was it was built with as much variety as you could get on a golf course. Um, and I didn't really even realize it. And they always had great greens, not huge greens. I had to leave that course to realize I was actually a decent player. Right. Because it just, for for my, you know, my thing is with a lot of people, if I just, when I was young, I just tried to kill the ball and was not very often in the fairway. And that, that course will kill you if you're not in the fairway. And right. Like Tualatin. And that maybe that's why I love Tualatin Country Club is because it's very much, to me, like Spring Hill. Yeah, narrow, a lot of trees, keep yeah. it straight, and small yeah, kind of can be some smaller greens. And then I went to Oregon State. Well, I played college baseball for a year at a JC. Went to Oregon State with the intent of going there because I didn't get a scholarship out of high school there. And I was a left-handed pitcher, and I play right-handed, oddly enough. I don't know why. <laughs> and... Um, but my, I had arm trouble, and I stopped. And then I got to know a bunch of guys on the Oregon State golf team. So I lived with them in college. And a good friend of mine, Warren Vickers, won the Pac-10. I think he won the Pac-10 title. He won a bunch of tournaments in college. And so I started working for media relations at Oregon State, and one of my beats was golf. So I went to a lot of the tournaments. was always writing the press releases and the tournament recaps for the golf team. And I actually thought that would be the business I would end up in. After college, I moved up here and thought, well, I'll get into selling golf clubs. And But then I started to realize you work while everybody else plays, and it didn't <laughs> seem as appetizing. And then stumbled into radio and then TV, and then there we go. So hearing kind of you, that's the background. Hearing you tell all this story, it's like I'm amazed that you're not in golf. I mean, everyone thinks of you now as, like, trailblazer guy. And here, hearing the story of how you grew up riding your bike to Spring Hill, it's like – He's the he's the golf guy around here. I was a yes, I played a ton of golf. I mean, we would go out in the afternoons at Spring Hill as kids and I had a couple of friends and we just played 36, 54, just play all day. Amazing. And and then when I worked there, which was up until uh, maybe a little bit in college, I worked there and picked the range and um oddly enough, it's funny how your paths cross with others. But Tom Clark was the pro there later on who hired me and then fired all of us like six times because he was always mad at us because we weren't picking the range or we broke into the pop machine. You were just hitting range balls. And his, yeah, and his son rolls into X-Golf a year ago, not a year, a year and a half ago, 
And so he owns the company that does all of our all of our mats. Oh, and I'm like, Fred, what are you doing? And we start talking about the old days at Spring Hill. So it's funny how many people I've crossed paths with from Amazing. my past. But yes, in terms of that, I always thought I would possibly end up in golf somewhere. I didn't know it would be this way, and I didn't know it would be at this point in my life. But yeah, it's come back full circle a little. And bit. so I would imagine, Mike, as you're going through your career, and and everyone knows again, they know you as the voice of the Portland Trailblazers for, for so many years, at least Dirt and I do, our era. And uh, I would imagine that there's a little bit of nostalgia to be able to not only play more golf, be involved with golf, but actually do it in a business way. Like, did you ever, did that kind mm. of, did you think about that as you got into X-Golf as like, man, this is my opportunity to like really get back into something that I truly love and that reminds me of my childhood? No, I, I would like to think it was that well thought out. It really wasn't. It was, it was I've got a, real, a couple of really good friends, Bill Farnham, Eric Timmons, Eric runs uh, York and Curtis Construction. Bill is a Nike guy, and we've been friends for years. And Bill started talking about doing something, and he had had a birthday party for one of his kids, and they had one of those those trucks that pull in and have all the video games in them, you know, where they pull the RV or whatever, and you rent the truck for the birthday party yeah, and all yeah, the kids. Yeah. So he was saying, wouldn't it be cool if you could do a simulator, like, in a truck and have it at a party? And so we looked at that and was like, nah. And then he met the X-Golf guys, and they're awesome guys. And where are they based out of? Well, they're based, they're, they're, their headquarters are in Michigan. The CEO lives in L.A. A guy named Ryan Darcy is a great guy. And, um, but their main headquarters are in Michigan. They're obviously big in places where you get rough winters. But oddly enough, it seems like the, one of the top grossing X-Golfs is the one in Hilton Head, South Carolina, which does really, really well. Um, we were the first one on the West Coast. There were a few in Denver. And then when we got in, I think I think this is right. I think we were number like 25 or 26. And fast forward 15, 16 months, and I think there's over 100. And there's like, uh, I think they have, they're booked out to like 140. And so the markets wow. are starting to evaporate. And we had kind of worked it to where we, you know, we had this plan, really grand plan at the beginning. We were going to take over the whole West. And then we started because we had right of first refusal on a lot of markets. But we, we're not, again, we're not rich guys. We had to do this by taking loans and SBA loans and doing it just like anybody else does it. So we did Tualatin and then we had a chance. Uh, we had poked around at Spokane. We let that one go. So now there's one in Spokane. There's one in Kennewick. There's one that just opened in Boise. There's one in Utah, really good guy, came up here and kind of learned the ropes here on a weekend, and then now he's doing one in Boise. There's one going to be open in Sacramento. Um, that's as far south. There was one in Arizona for a while. I guess it's still there. There's some in the south. Um, I think there was one in, I think, one in Louisiana, but they, they kill in Chicago, Minneapolis. Um, there's some around Philly, Philadelphia. X-Golfs do really, really well. Um, the Denver ones are doing very well. Utah's off to a great start. Boise. So it's it's not that you root for bad weather, but we, <laughs> in our climate, and when you when you combine, which I think we've done and we've shown and been an example, I think, to a lot of their ex-golfs about the lessons. Um, and Andy Morris, our pro, we hired, and he's just killing it. I mean, he's I think he's one of the top, if not the top, a grossing pro in all of X-Golf because we just concentrated on the lesson concept, and that's where we're sitting right now is in, in the private bay where he teaches uh, Tuesday through Saturday. 
And during the wintertime, it's just a great – Brian Henniger is a buddy of mine, and Brian has the golf farm. And, yeah, we had him on the pod last year, mm-hmm. Brian. And Brian, and I was talking to Brian early on when we were talking about doing this, and I used to go to the golf farm a lot and just hang out with Brian. And um, Man, you, you could go there between the two of you. No offense, but, I mean, there, there's a lot of talking going on there. You could spend all day there. Oh, I mean, Brian, easy. Brian yeah. won't stop. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and Brian works his tail off. Oh, and, and And Amy, and they run yeah. a great place. And I felt a little funny doing this because I thought, well, we're not – and then I thought, well, we're not the same thing. We're a sports bar with leagues, and, yeah. and they're really just instructional. And he helps a lot of younger kids get their college scholarships. You know, he puts them on the map, and he really assists them, and then he caddies for a lot of the guys that oh, he yeah. taught for. So it's, it's different what he does. But um, Absolutely. I had, I had thought about for a while saying, hey, Brian, we'll just come over and run our academy here. And, and, and we're not – Big enough compared to what he has going over there. Uh, but they're on the TrackMan base, which is great, which is also what he knows. Um, a lot of places are on TrackMan. I I like the X-Golf platform, especially for teaching a little bit better. And I love the putting aspect with X-Golf. But they're both great. Um, but our Vancouver location, we're hiring a pro up there. Um, and oddly enough, where we're sitting now in this private bay, which is nice and big and neat, the Vancouver one is three times this size. Wow. Oh, wow. It's, it's really, and it's more of a, you could book it for a private party, which we get a lot of. We get a lot of corporate parties and a lot of companies that will come in and just want to rent the whole place out, especially in Christmas. Great place to have a Christmas party. We've had um, concerts recently because we have all this room in this toilet location. It's so big. And I've uh, we've had once a month we're going to try to do a music event and shut down the golf on a Sunday night. We've done it twice, and it's been really successful. So, yeah, I don't know. We're just kind of banging around and seeing what's going to come. I, but as far as it, back to your original question on this, it wasn't this whole long-term hatch scheme. It was basically Bill who said, we should try this. And Eric and I said, yeah, let's do it. And then now it's turned into something that's been really, really fun. I, I mean, are you surprised? You, you point out the weather, which is hilarious because Eric called me on our way here, and it's like, what a perfect day to come sit inside and talk about simulator golf because right. everybody's depressed right now. You can't get out and play in this kind of weather. Are you surprised at – how receptive people have been. I mean, it feels like things have just boomed in a calendar. Were, were the, like sky-high expectations? Did you set them a little bit lower, and are you surprised by the reaction a year in? No, we've, we've, um, we're not shocked about it. I think that people, and the funny thing is we really haven't advertised that much. We've gone on social media. So what shocks me is when I come in on a Saturday or something, or, or I, sometimes I come in at work on like a Friday night because I just like to. I like to be around people, and I like to talk to people, and, it amazes me how many people come in who've never heard of us. Yeah, We get first-timers all the time, and I'm like, wow, we haven't really even gotten the word out that we're here. And I even have friends who, like, live in Tualatin who are friends of mine from the past, and we didn't had no idea what you were doing. And the word has gotten out a little bit, but once they come in and they, and they can, especially if they're golfers, they start to play on it and they start to get hooked. And we've had a lot of people who are, we've got a lot of regulars who spend a lot of time here. <laughs> Um, especially a lot of our league guys who come in and they just love it. And not only, you know, I think it's a, it's also timing coming out of a, a you know, a BS time and we couldn't go do anything and, and everybody was locked away and isolated. And so a lot of it was wanting to get back and do something fun again. Um, you know, because for some stupid reason you couldn't go play a, uh, an individual sport outside, which was so freaking stupid. You can't touch a flag stick. Oh no, my. don't Remember rake the Remember they did the foam cup <laughs> yeah, thing? The foam cups, no ball washers. Come on. Oh, I look back and go, how stupid <laughs> were we to take that? 
Anyway, sorry, I'm not going to get some of the cups. I remember initially people would they, the clubs would prop them up so you couldn't even the ball wouldn't even go in the hole. People yeah. would just ram ten footers into the side of the cup. And I count. played it's Oregon good. one time. It was not their fault, but I played Oregon one time. They had that sponge, that foam thing in the bottom of the cup to where don't touch the flag stick. It's like I'm out here by myself. Yeah, it, it's so stupid. But anyway, we part of I think the success here is we came on the end of that, um, and really kind of we weren't even in the end of it. We still were. And, and we kind of qualified as a training facility. There's this gray area during all of this. And so um, people playing didn't have to wear masks necessarily. Right, right. And so it was, I'm, I'm not sure anybody ever did in here. Um, <laughs> but it, it, I think because of that, I think getting out and getting involved with people again. The summertime was lighter last summer, for sure. You know, we expected that. So you try to come up with ways to be creative to keep people coming even in the, in the summer months. Um, evenings and it's a great like i'll bring my wife in and we'll play alternate shot and it's great that's a great test of the relationship alternate shot right we've had fun with that actually it's hard dirt and and i have talked about alternate shot it's like it's a brutal test of a friendship but we came in and you know and she did she hasn't played a lot but she plays a little bit and you know and 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 hits it once in a while she'll she'll hit a 150 yard drive once in a while and so we came in last week one evening and we were just at home. We said, let's go over and play. And I looked at the schedule and we had a couple open bays. We had 82. Ooh, uh, alternate shot. In alternate That's shot. That's impressive. That's really at Pebble. And, but I, I will say this. I had her on the gold tees. Okay. And I was playing blues. So the gold tees give you a huge boost. So I would always straight though. Yeah, yeah. And I would always tell her, just, just give me one down the middle. Yeah. And so most par fives were on in two. So we made an eagle and a couple birdies. But no, for a date night, and if you bring in like two couples, and you either do alternate shot or you do a scramble, um, and sometimes we'll get a group of six on one bay, which is probably the most you really want, and you can play a you know, three-on-three scramble, or we'll have groups come in uh, and take two bays, and especially corporately, and play scramble teams and do like a tournament. So there's lots of different things you can do. You can go full-on Ryder Cup format if you want to. Um, so the ways that it, the, the, the ways to get creative and having a good time and still playing golf because it is so accurate in terms of your shot and your – I mean, it has all the – you know, you can see the different ball speed, direction, launch angle, backspin. Everything is reading correctly. And if you play it professional mode, which is what it defaults to, that's one-to-one real world. And then you can lighten it up so it doesn't scrutinize you as much. Some guys will come in and go to normal mode, and they're like, man, I'm hitting at 325. And I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Is is the cup bigger, too, or do you grab it harder? No, in fact, it's harder. I find that it is brutal in terms of lip outs. It will not give you. You really have to like if you're playing golden tee. Like as long as your your ball like basically touches the whole little drop in. No, not right here. No, it's a real lip. Not this one. And there's times that I'll feel like. I mean, it's just barely off center, and it will lip out. It's it's tough to make a putt. So, Mike, you mentioned like people that that maybe didn't know a, a, what this is all about. When those folks walk in, whether they're your friends or just someone off the street, what are the things that you think people that surprise people about what this place is all about? Well, I think, as I said, I think there people who have golfed are surprised about the accuracy, and they are really surprised because X Golf was one of the was one of the first ones to have putting. And I think versus like a, I don't know if Trackman has come up with putting now, but as far as I know, they haven't. And then it's not to say that we have competition from Trackman. It's just to say that this, what X Golf came up with with the auto tee, so you just hit a button, the ball pops up, and then you can you can adjust your tee height. But once you get going, 
it'll remember your tee height, and then you don't have to touch it anymore. So literally, you're never bending over. You're just whacking balls. And from the putting standpoint, too, is you just move the move the ball off onto the dot. And once people get the putting down, like in leagues, uh, they love it. They love it. The short game um, aspect of the game is very, very accurate as well. I would say the only thing that you're never going to replicate completely outside golf, sure. like a like a bunker shot. You know, you're never going to be able to bring sand in here. Um, but it does the way that the X golf machine does is it just takes your percentage off. So if you're in the rough, it says 90% lie. So you got to add 10% like you would a bunker is 80, a greenside bunker is 50. Um, but it does completely accurately take into account backspin and loft. The biggest thing I've been surprised about is if you, and we switched early on the X golf had a golf ball that we were using that they have to be marked. So the laser catches them. But then we started using these tailor-made balls and started realizing with the logos on them, it's, it's picking it up fine. So we switched, and now most of the locations have switched. So it's a quieter ball, and it spins better. But I was going to say that the pressure-sensitive mat that you hit off of on your impact zone, if you pinch it and catch it right, it will back up. So you'll get an immediate readout of what your backspin is. And if you get it to 10, 11,000, it, it'll spin back. It'll okay. check up. And if you don't, if you catch it a little heavy, you know, with a longer iron and you're wanting it to, to check, it won't. It'll bounce through the green like it would in real golf. So I think the accuracy probably is the, is the biggest thing that surprises people. And the fact that you can have people of different levels on the same sim in the same game, and they both can have fun. And, and it's not taking five hours to play with somebody who's new where you're walking around hitting seven shots on a hole. And, like, the, the whole uh, – you mentioned bringing your wife in. That's, like, sparked an idea in my mind because I'm trying to get my wife into golf. We'll take her out from time to time. Yeah. But it can get frustrating when you're topping them off the tee and then you're walking and picking this one up. But simulator golf changes that. The other aspect of it that I love that I don't think people realize or pay enough attention to, and you've kind of touched on this a bit, but – the, the teaching aspect indoors, I think, is probably the most exciting thing for me, where it's great you can come play, but the aspect of having dry teaching in the winter with a pro um, and just the benefits of all the things you're talking about where you can truly track what your weaknesses are and your strengths are. Um, is there ideas to further expand the teaching? You like where you're at? You obviously mentioned you got a, a guy in here who's well-respected Tuesday through Saturday. Is, yeah. is that kind of the way you see it going in the future? Yeah, I mean, Andy does, you know, he does a group lessons where sometimes he'll do three different simulators and kind of walk around um we have a lot of different high school teams well today we have high school i think it's like us we go coming in and having a practice in here because i think those coaches realize that sitting out and banging balls with freezing cold hands doesn't you're not learning anything you just want it to end and and i think with the teaching part of it with that and the way that he does it and we do corporate things where we got a huge meeting room in back so you can bring in a you know bring in your company bring in 25 people whatever have a big off-site meeting have something to eat, go play a scramble, or get some tips or instruction. Um, so, no, I think that's that part of it is is something I think we underestimated, and a lot of that is kudos to Andy, who's got a big social media following, and, and I've started to do some videos with him here as we just screw around and start, you know, I'll pick out a question for him, and we do short videos, which I think are really neat, because I watch that stuff for on sure. Instagram. That's my whole algorithm on Instagram. Right. It's just sweet Mine, golf too. Tips. It's just yeah. golf stuff, and, and, and I love that. And so we're trying to kind of – I don't know. There's a lot of stuff we have not yet, I think, even discovered, but we're getting there, and we're just kind of seeing where it takes us and trying to be flexible with what we're doing. But, um, no, it's it's been – the teaching part of it, I think, is 
is really cool. And as I said, if you're standing outside and you're, I mean, as, as we were as kids, your hands are cold and you're hitting crappy balls and it's muddy. It's just not fun. And you're not, you're not making any progress. And to come in here and we've talked to a lot of people and he's had a lot of people who've been with him since day one. Um, they can come in here and again, what you mentioned a minute ago, the time it takes versus outside. I mean, I remember having the blazer season end and then all my buddies are like, let's go play golf. And I have two kids and I used to say, I can't, after being on the road for seven months, I can't just say to my wife, hey, I'll see you in six hours. Right. I just, and I couldn't do it. And by the time, if you go with friends, it's let's go to lunch first. Let's have a few beers after. It's a six, seven hour day. And I just don't have that kind of time. So I can come in here and I'll come in a lot. Oftentimes I'll wake up early and come in here at 7, 7.30 and do a few things I love to fix and tweak. And that's, I'm kind of that guy in this place. And then I'll play 36 in an hour and a half. And I'm good. And then it shows up on my app. It's all app-driven. So you get your handicap, and it keeps track of your stats, keeps your greens in regulation, how many putts per round, fairways hit, sand saves, everything. And it's on your phone when you leave. So then I can go home and kind of evaluate my round. And I, I don't know how much I'll play outside. I, If it's like last summer, I won't play that much. But when I do play, I can kind of, in my mind, transfer it to the indoor game, and it feels like the outdoor game, yeah, if yeah. that makes any sense. How much of, of what you do, Mike, operationally comes from X-Golf corporate down versus you having to kind of come up with your own ideas and things that you want to pursue? Because, I mean, you've just rattled off just dozens of different things and ideas and programs that you thought of. It sounds like a lot of that is coming from you here locally. Uh, a little bit, yes. They're great in terms of what they do with their X-Cup tournaments, and that's once a month. They send us a lot of advice, and they're always there to help with things. Um, but we've they give us a lot of freedom. I mean, they just kind of say, do what you want. And I think they've loved the, the fact that we've kind of, I think, kind of set an example with lessons. And so we'll have other locations, other franchisees call and say, hey, how are you guys doing this? And and so the relationships, and once a year, everybody gets together. I think this year it's in Vegas. Um, well, I've got a guy in North Carolina who's been calling me saying about talking about our kitchen, you know. What are you guys using? How are you doing this? And, you know, we're not a, we're not a steakhouse. You know, it's pretty clear. We're just a it's, – it's good food. It's bar food. But it's easy, and you can have two people run the place most days. Busy nights, we'll have three. But um, the relationship we have – and X-Golf will guide you and certainly give you tips, but a lot of the stuff you're on your own to create. Wow. Certainly when it comes to organizationally, how you put things together, the size of building, like we have eight bays here and in Vancouver. I think there's a lot of X-Golfs that are smaller. Maybe you have six or seven. Our footprint, our 11,000 square feet in this location is on the bigger end of X-Golfs. Um, we're, we're in a big building here. Um, Vancouver's a little smaller, a little more efficient in how it's set up, more like traditional X golfs. This place is huge, yeah. And but but it's good too. It's more of a for photos and Instagram and videos. It can it can look a little more like a, like a flagship. For well, us. and you can set up a podcast interview without bothering anybody else, and you can have <laughs> some right. privacy. That's correct. You go into the back. You go into the back bay, the private bay. I mean, on that note, so we know Tualatin and Vancouver are crushing it and going great. I don't know how much of this has been said on off the air, so I don't want to let any cats out of the bag. No, but I know matter. you guys are looking for further expansion and more. Like, is there certain markets that you're willing to talk, or not markets, but just areas of the city that you're identifying? And then is there like is there a cap? Is this an you know an un know. unlimited just, expansion? You, like, you just want to know going? if they're going to build one next to your house. Well, right? I do. I, I mean, mean, we talked on the phone last week, and I you know there's nothing out by where I live. Where do you live? I'm out in Happy Valley area. 
Yeah, oddly enough, yeah, we have had we've had some poking around out there, um, but with with all of that stuff, there's always challenges and. What spaces are available? Yeah. What buildings do you have? Especially the size that it takes to put eight bays into a, a place. Yeah, and you've got to have the right location. You've got to have the right building. We are building Beaverton. Mm-hmm. We've already announced that. Happy Valley is certainly on the list. And then with as well as Vancouver has done, which shocks me about Vancouver, and I didn't know Vancouver that well. I've got some friends up there. Um, I really like it, and it's exploded. A lot of people went up there for a lot of reasons. Um, but I know up in Ridgefield area, uh, that's exploding. So we're looking up there, and I know it's not as handy for us because we're kind of down here. But um, as well as Vancouver has done, you know, Vancouver, for being in an area that has uh, that's pretty well off, they just don't have a ton of golf. They yeah. don't have as many courses. They don't have as many driving ranges. They really don't have any other place like this up there. So with as well as Vancouver has done just by word of mouth, and we're right by Big Owls in Vancouver, right off 164th, um, and people just found us. And there have been days where I've looked at the numbers. We get an email report at the end of the day, and like, wow, Vancouver thumped us today. <laughs> that was a good day. Yeah. And so with as much success as we've had up there, we're going to continue to look up there. Um, but Beaverton is certainly going. Um, and, and are you ready, Mike, to say where that one in Beaverton is? Uh, well, we, we're, we're going back it. and forth. Yeah. It'll go fast once yeah. we get it nailed down. The other problem is, is when the city of Portland had some issues, a lot of businesses left, and it seems to me like most of the area they left to was Beaverton. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of those buildings have been – the commercial real estate market has been popping out in Beaverton, especially in all the plans that Hillsborough has – so um, it's a hot area and it's one you want to get into, but the availabilities are a little tougher. Um, but we have one that we think is going to work. We're just kind of going back and forth, making sure it's correct, because we don't want to get in a situation where we're in a bad lease and can't make it. Yeah. Well, know? if you need a spokesperson for the Happy Valley location, I'll be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I'll be there every day, man. Exactly. Especially in this weather. I mean, the timing of it, the, the not having to play in crappy weather, that's a, that's a win-win. Now, is, is you, the- you go out to Happy Valley and you talk somebody into who okay. has a good space okay. and it doesn't currently have it listed, okay. you find us a place, we'll come out there. Love it. All right, I'm going to go do some pre-scouting for you this week. Please do. I'm, I'm on top of it. Because we've done some <laughs> on the traditional methods and it's tight. And well, and it's similar tough. to your, your story about Beaverton, I think a lot of folks, that's yes. kind of a growing area people are moving further out oh, it's and huge. more businesses and all that. Is there a number in mind that you'd like to get to and round it off? Or are you oh, just I don't know. leaving it open-ended? I mean, we didn't know when we opened this one, we were like, we had thought about expansion, but then all of a sudden Vancouver, you know, Jeff Bedbury, who's our general manager, who was our general manager here, he lives up there. He pushed us to come up there. It happened a little quicker than we thought it would. Um, and then all of a sudden Beaverton, and all of a sudden we're like, wow, we could have four of these by next fall. And I think we... That's probably still the plan. And then we have guys, uh, funny thing is we have people who come in and play it, and then they want to invest. We have a lot of those people. And I was in Vancouver the other day, and a guy who has a place over at, at uh, Broken Top, come to Bend, come to Bend. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know if that, I think it would work. I don't know. And then we have a lot of people who are trying to pull us to Eugene. And so I don't know. I don't know. If we had all the money in the world, it would be easy. We just start opening them ever, everywhere. But And all the time, too. I mean, you can't be everywhere yeah, all no. the time. I mean, no, and it's kind of a side gig for all of us, yeah. for the three of us who are the partners in this. Um, I have the most time, but, you know, I'm still involved with the Portland Diamond Project. I still do a whole bunch of video content and commercials. You know, I still have Beaverton Toyota and Bymart and... Traeger and these other so I do have other stuff I do but my mornings are usually pretty free and that's why I'm usually in here yeah. in the mornings 
Well, I, 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 this is, it's so fun to be here and to see it and to kind of experience what these look like because I've never been into one of these. The, the last thing that I have on it is You're going to get hooked, by the way. I am totally, I can see it. This is dangerous. <laughs> you will. If I ever get fired in radio and I reach out to you for a job, don't hire me because uh, I'm not going to do anything if I work here. You can eat, happily come work here. Okay. We're always looking for good people. So <laughs> the, the putting aspect of it, though, is something I do want to expand on because I, in my you know past playing simulator golf, that's the only criticism that I've ever had. It's like, it's great. I love the tracking. I love... You know, usually you just kind of – I put it on a range setting and see what I'm targeting, 175, 185, mm-hmm. how ball, how you know far certain clubs are flying. What, what is it about the putting you think that – the technology that has gone into it that has made it easy? Because when you tie that aspect into it, there's really nothing that's left missing, I think, in simulator golf. No, that's right. And I think, again, and what usually happens is somebody comes in and they're like, whoa, the putting. And if they're not a player, it's probably a little tougher to adjust. If they are a, a you know, mid-handicapper – They'll get it quicker, but I'll, and I'll show you on the simulator so you can see it. But it, it, you can either you can you can use the target line, and so you're just putting a straight putt, which is I always think is it's hard to explain, but I always think of it as the kind of when you use the left right adjuster, it's kind of like you're turning your shoulders. Okay. But I don't do that. If I see that it t- going to need some break, and I can see the undulation, I can look and see if I'm putting uphill or downhill. Um, I can usually get it. You know, I, I don't make everything and it, because it, you shouldn't. And it, and it doesn't. It's, it, it isn't easy to make putts. But if you but hit a good putt, a, you're going to on a regular make, golf Exactly. Course. Yeah. I think they've done an amazing job with the putting aspect of this. Because that, as you said, has been the one complaint about sim golf has been, well, what's the putting like? I love what they've done with the putting here. I really do. I think it's probably, like I said, it's, it's the place I've improved the most in terms of touch. And I think it's probably one of the things that transfers the most accurately from outdoor to indoor, strangely enough, is the putting on these. Interesting. I love it, man. Uh, you got any other golf questions, EP, you want to get to? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I do got, I got to sneak in one Blazer question. Okay. We're not talking ROM and uh, Masters and <laughs> we can, hey, Live we can. versus you react? PGA. Yeah, what did you make and, of the no, Masters I, I, this weekend? Yeah, I, I, uh, did you get up at 5 a.m. the last two days I to did. watch? Yeah. I did. Um, yeah, the fears. weather killed me. So I, I was – did you ever, did you see those Masters spreads? The taste of the Masters yeah. you could order. Oh I yeah, ordered one. You did you? <laughs> yeah. What was the review? Oh, it was fantastic. Okay, okay. And I, I didn't even care what it tasted like, but to get a box on my doorstep on Friday afternoon that had the and the way they did it was as you would expect, but you didn't know because I didn't know if this was a third party company yeah, exactly. that kind of was going to be a weird hokey thing, but it wasn't. Yeah. So you get the box, and the box has the Masters logo all over it, and even the tape that the boxes wrapped with had masters oh the my official logo and i'm losing my my wife's like rolling her eyes she knows i'm a master's freak because i am yeah how unlike are you not, if you're in any, golf how are you not no yeah. i mean i i one time on a blazer road trip we were in atlanta and this is like in i don't know it was march it was before the masters we had a day off in atlanta i rented a car and drove up and just drove past augusta just and it's like see th- the property. two and a half three hours away yeah. and just drove back doesn't it blow you away because <laughs> both eric and i got a chance to go the same year the year that patrick reed won which yeah. is kind of like oh of all the years to go missed, yeah right miss tiger by a year like damn it one year too early you don't want to watch reed cheat his way to exactly, a exactly exactly right it, it blew me away how to put it you know i guess bluntly how crappy I mean, just, i've heard this you're driving through augusta and it's just like oh my god like I know. this is it it's and like then parks and, uh, and it's <laughs> like wow exactly okay. i've heard the same thing and i've i've got and there's the funny thing is i have a friend who actually i lived with at oregon state who is a golfer he now for his job he takes tours to majors to Ryder cups to you know he has all these corporate guys big wigs and they go rent houses 
And so he does the Masters every year. He was. And I think he's starting to again. And then I connected two other friends to him. One does the wine on those trips, and one does the landscaping on those trips. Ah. So this is, I'm not kidding you, for six straight years, and it was during blazer season. I could never go. But they, I would always get invited, and they would send me a picture of a four-day pass, badges, and say, these are yours. You want I'm to- like, I'm in Philadelphia. I can't <laughs> go. So since that, that and, and honestly, I thought I had a chance to go last year, but I've, I've never been to the tournament. But I'm hoping maybe next year, because okay. I think they're starting up these events again that I can probably – backdoor my get way your way back get, get a seat on the plane can we head that way please and i don't think from you know because there's a lot of things big events i could care less about i've had chances to go to super bowls to all-star games i don't care i don't care you can have them give me one practice round in augusta that's that's it and and in some ways like some of these things that you've built up in your mind your entire life i've been nervous to go because i don't want it to not meet my expectations but from talking to everybody else it does yes it exceeds them so yeah i that's something i'm going it's you know not to overuse the term bucket list but that that's number one by far there's I love not that really you got a number the, two. the food box that is all because we oh, talked about good. that last week and i i saw it and i was like i contemplated getting it oh i put out a full spread too and i was <laughs> and i didn't you know i didn't have anybody over because it was kind of weird it was raining and they were going to cancel the round the friday sure. was delayed from lightning and i'm well, like it's easter <sighs> people are usually busy you got stuff going yeah. on on easter so i've made yeah. this spread with the pimento cheese and the egg salad and the, and it comes with the little signs and the little flags <laughs> It was, but the unboxing, which is always kind of the funnest part of anything, the unboxing was like like Christmas morning. Oh, yes. (laughs) It was better than that because it was packed in four or five boxes inside a big box. And then, and they sold out really fast because I had friends who wanted them and they didn't get them. How much were they? 175 bucks, which I know is stupid, but I just, for an egg salad sandwich. But it did come with a big stack of Masters coasters. And it came with a ton of toothpicks with the master's flag okay. to put on each thing. And then it came with a three, it came with in ice. So it was packed with the pimento cheese, the egg salad, and the barbecue pork, um, which I've eaten some of. And then it came with like 30 cookies, all individually wrapped with the master's logo. <laughs> and it was stupid. And if you don't get it, I'm sure you roll your eyes. It was awesome. It doesn't sound like you have buyer's remorse at all. No, it was the best money I ever spent. I told my wife that. So Mike, you said you had the spread all set up and was this just for you personally and your wife or did you have a Yeah, my wife and I. So that's, that's a little of the, so you can see the spread in the picture. You got the picture up. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got the picture (laughs) with the flags. Normally people get these like, because they're having a watch party, right? And to your point. Exactly. I didn't have a watch party. But Mike didn't even have one. No, I didn't have a watch party. That was, that was it. And then it came with like 30 masters cups like the beer cups with the year that is so cool and you and that comes with like a little um i'm doing i should get a i'm doing a commercial for them but it comes with a like a pamphlet and it says like bobby jones and fred ridley welcome you to the 73rd you know and it has the logo everything is done in their font and i'm a big marketing guy so i everything was in the master's font like the concession menus that you see at Augusta. Everything was done in that same font, same color scheme, and I'm like, that's attention to detail. So perfect. That was perfect, yes. That is so. If you think that's too much, you should see the receipt of what I spent at the... Oh, getting the gear. I mean, I just walked in and it's just and there's like 10,000 people in there and you're like, give me that polo, that polo, that polo, yeah. that polo, that hat, I would that, have that, to that, have that. a hand truck. <laughs> and, and I know that they're 
that stuff's pretty expensive there, right? Yes, that's the expensive. The food is cheap on the course, but the the apparel is because I've been to a U.S. Open, paying the price, and the U.S. Open shirts were like ninety two dollars, and yeah. they were garbage. It adds up, and it's okay. I mean, I did it anyway. I don't know how much I spent at the. I went to the U.S. Open in Pebble in two thousand ten, and um, I bought a lot of stuff, but I didn't go crazy because I'm not. I don't feel about it the way I feel about the Masters. Sure. Um, but yeah, I would go. I would need to take a trip to the car to take bags. Well, the funny thing is, I noticed when we walked, I walked in there. They have there's a UPS store literally next. They put a UPS oh, on how campus. Oh, smart is that? And so you go buy ten pounds worth of gear, ship it home, walk next door, put it in a box, ship it home, walk back out on the course. That is so smart. And you're just wait when you get home. There's a box for you with thirty polos and pullovers and hats and visors. See, that's the need. attention to detail that <laughs> I would expect from Augusta. So it's glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that they 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 so, did it. So I bought a golf shirt there when I was there in eighteen and brought it home, tried it on, and I was just like, ah, it's just a little too big. And I saw in the bag, because I still had it wrapped up in the bag, for returns, call a local, I forget what the area code was, phone number, and for returns. And so I'm like, all right, well, let's see how this goes. So I call up Augusta National Golf Club. This is Gladys. I'm like, um, really? I, I bought a shirt. <laughs> um, I need to return it. She's like, okay, great. What's your name? And she, like, she said, ship it back. We'll take care of it. We'll get you a new one. Unreal. So I'm like, let's see how this goes. So I ship it back. And, Mike, to your point about, like, attention to detail and it, like, showing up and you're expecting it to be a little different than, than really what it ends up being, it was perfect. It was FedEx back to me. There was a note from the woman I talked to on the <sighs> phone. Like, everything was perfect. That's the best. I mean, and so you, you see – you have this image of the Masters watching on TV, right, of perfection, right? But you wonder, like, underneath the hood, is everything really what it's cracked yeah. out to be? But this tournament and that golf course, all these little it stories it, that man. we're telling, everyone has their little personal story of, like, it, it really is. And, Mike, to your question of, like, is it going to be as good as you, you hear about or yeah. see? And I, I agree with Dirt. Like, it, it's more. It exceeded it, honestly, for me. Because and there's I just stuff it about it that you don't really, you didn't fully experience. Yeah. I mean, it's just different. Well, and it's funny, do you, I always think, are others going, I mean, I don't, you know, my wife knows it and I have a couple of friends. I don't know if anybody would, I mean, I would walk through the gates probably and cry and probably kiss the ground and probably, I don't know why it's that way. And I don't care if anybody thinks that's weird. It just, it's just for some reason watching it with my dad, who's now gone and just, just all the years as a kid of memories. Oh my gosh. And the tradition and, and the honored tradition and the fact that you don't have to apologize for honoring tradition. You just, the Masters is what it is. And like yesterday, I, I never tweet, but I put out a tweet on when I was watching Rom hit his last putt and the fact they don't allow phones in. Because I remember at the U.S. Open, and that was when Tiger was Tiger had shot a, a third round 67 to get back into it. But every, you know, everybody was watched following Tiger and Phil. I was sitting on the green on three because at Pebble you can sit. There's an angle on the green on three where you can see three green, Four tee box, seventeen tee. Okay, it's at that triangle, and so you can see them all. But then you you know when Tiger's coming in the next group because all of a sudden the crowd triples in size, and then it shrinks again when he leaves. <laughs> right. You don't really see him come, but they just come and they go. Um, I loved it, but I didn't have the same. It wasn't the same to me. I think as 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 it well, goes. Just to the, you know the tournament's great every year. It's just the tradition, same course. You know the moments. Yeah. You know the holes. Pin locations on Sunday. It never changes. It's yeah. the same, and it has been for. I mean, if you happen if you happen to go but... into our men's room here to take a whiz, 
what's in front of your face are the Sunday pin locations <laughs> from Augusta, just so you know. That's perfect. So what did you think of John Rahm's performance? I, I, was, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And I, I was, you know, I'm not an anti-Kepka guy by any means, um, especially after watching Full Swing. I think he's a, I think he's a bit of a... Bit of an insecure guy, a little bit tortured, and uh, and therefore I always stuff last year. Yes, yeah. and and therefore I'm always sympathetic, and and I liked getting to know those guys on that show better, which I think that show did a great job. Um, I'm a little anti-live. I don't like what it's done. I don't mean to say that I don't like capitalism, and I think it's all okay, but I didn't I didn't want to see as many live guys. I didn't want to see a live guy win it if that makes any sense. And I know I had some friends who were, I was texting with and they were like, they think I'm stupid for that. And they were like cheering for, but I don't, I didn't want to see, I don't know. Maybe that's because I honor tradition too much. I, I yeah. wanted to see Rom win it because I've gotten to follow him enough to where I like what he stands for. I like, I like what he, you know, and my father-in-law was a golf coach in Arizona and a huge Arizona state guy. So the fact that Rom went to ASU, even though he's from Spain, all the stories around that, I was glad to see him win it. I, there were some guys I wish would have done better. I hated to see Tiger in the shape that he was in, but um, in that cold weather, I think, in walking that course, um, it wasn't going to happen uh, to where he was going to be able to. I knew he was going to withdraw watching. The cut that. streak was the big I mean, you get yeah, that extended, and you're cut. like, okay, that's, you know. That was his victory. Yeah, let's go into the weekend. We'll see in that it's 40 degrees and pouring rain. It's not going to end well. Honoring tradition, too, that's the coolest thing I think Rom does. Uh, yeah, he does. Appreciating the history of the game, especially the, the, the Spaniards that have come before him. And it just, hearing him talk about Seve and the, and the yes. memories and how it got him into, it's just such a cool guy, such an easy guy to root for. And, those, and those guys that have history at the top of their minds yes. and they, and they know, like when, uh, did, if, did you watch the post post ceremony? Oh yeah, I watched. Yeah, yeah I watched the. Oh, I watched like three hours. Yeah, and I go back onto the streaming, and yeah, I just, I just Change take from CBS to the Golf Channel. Oh. Let's see all the press conferences. Yeah. yeah, and then I was on the app and the Golf Channel at the same time, but <laughs> I was the watching. Pimento cheese. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had a just nerd central, but um, I loved that he, in in his remarks, afterwards, and those can be, that's that's weird. You're you're, you're standing out there and you're going through something that probably you had dreamed about, the fact that he was able to to talk a lot about his caddy, talk a lot about his family, his nanny, his dad, and then he got to Seve at the very end. It was just perfect. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I don't think anybody else wrote that for him. He probably had some thoughts that he had put down, but it was fantastic. You know, his wife is from Lake Oswego, Oregon. Kelly I, K- I know, I know Kelly she went K- to ASU. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's from Lake Oswego. And then she went to ASU, right? Yep. Wow. There you go. Well, there's a ma- that was a perfect. We don't even do a master's recap. You just covered it all. That well, was perfect. And it all comes back to Portland. It all it always does come back to Portland. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it comes back to X Golf. We'll get exactly. Him. We'll get Rom in here. We actually Max Homa and Harry Higgs are the two national X Golf spokesmen. Oh, so Harry Harry have. wears the X Golf on his uh, lapel, um, and then Max does a lot of PR for us. So we always try to. Try to make sure everybody knows that Max is. Talk about two guys guy. you hope are on full swing next year. Those would be two fun guys to oh, follow amazing. for a yeah. year on the PGA Tour. And our guys uh, who run X Golf, they they're around those guys a lot, and they say Max is fantastic. Yeah. And Paige Sporanic, of course, is X Golf sure. as well. She's all yeah, all, all over. Well, the place. and Harry and Max are they can be kind of goofy, funny, but they're also very well spoken, articulate gentlemen. I mean, Absolutely. Like, talk about good guys to have as your spokesman. I was pulling for Max to have a little better um, Masters than he had. He got off to a decent start, but. Um, I don't know. It's funny how that course, as you mentioned, that that's some guys. I like Fred Couples as Exhibit A. It just fits some guys better, mm-hmm. and some guys like Rory. They just, they just, it, it they can't crack the code of a guy. Yeah, you always wonder how much of that too is the mental side of trying to get that career grand slam, and he just. He's in his kitchen, and he's got – we all know in golf, don't be in your own head. You just got to be out there 
not thinking and swinging and having fun and enjoying it. But before we get to Eric's uh, driver off the deck to close up, because he's got the questions, I do one quick Blazer question. Yeah. Uh, what are the chances that I can start a GoFundMe to get Mike and Mike <laughs> to host a live draft lottery? I think it's coming up, what, May 16th or something like that? Because there was a, a tweet that went viral a week or two ago yeah. of the 07 draft lottery watch party of everybody having fun and the, the no, oh, not number nine, not number eight, going pick by pick. Is there any chance we get a Mike and Mike reunion and see if the Blazers can get the number one pick? Well, Rice is in Florida, so that's going to be a challenge. <laughs> yeah, we got to buy that plane ticket, get him out of here. But I did see somebody post that video, and um, I had seen that video. And that of all, and I mentioned this to you before, but I have a lot of great memories, obviously, but that's one of my, it's in my top two or three, is that draft party that night. Where was that? It was at a place, um, it was on, uh, I want to say it was on, I think it was on MLK. It was up, it was Northeast Portland, and it was a little, oh, what was that place called? The place was packed. I yeah, mean, it was packed. Jam-packed. It was packed, and, and you know, we didn't know, we had roughly the same odds as they have this year, right? Yeah, it was Isn't like fifth, five, five through seven, somewhere in that yeah, range. Yeah. So and saying there's a chance. Yeah, and yeah. we knew in the video, and what a lot of people didn't understand until so they watched the video recently, once Atlanta got the pick at six, we knew we were top three. Yeah. And, and so then, you know, there was a reaction after five and four, but we knew we weren't going to be five or four. We knew we were going to be one or three, one, two or three. And I, that, I was close to Kevin Pritchard then. And, you know, when he went into the room, you know, they take your phone. You can't. So he had to sit there knowing we had number one and he couldn't <laughs> tell anybody. And it was crazy, and he came back. I have some cool pictures when he got back and had the number one from the envelope that they had given him oh, with the so logo cool. on it. Um, so, no, that was an amazing time. And uh, I don't even know if they do that kind of stuff anymore, parties like that, do they? I don't know. Let's but bring I, it back. We're thinking about doing one at 1080 The Fan. And so, I, you know, we got. I think we should do it at X Golf so I can play golf. <laughs> there you get go. Get 18 in, and then Mike Barrett can hop on the radio and, you know, commemorate the picks. I would do that. Down. I would do that. Now, I think they're missing – they're missing those parties. They're missing, and I'm, I don't even know if they still do them. But I don't yeah. hear about it. Maybe that's because I'm not plugged in anymore. But all, all right. of the, you know, the local, the the courtside Monday night that I did for so long, and then all the little parties we do, lottery party, and other markets would kind of laugh, and it seemed hokey. But that's what that's what connected, it sewed the fans to the franchise. And again, I'm not saying they don't do it because I just don't know. But I don't hear about it like it used to be. It used sure. to be so. Seeming, seemingly so organic and so just authentic, and, and I think they that's probably a little bit what's missing right now. We had a parade at Pioneer Square after we got the number one overall pick. Yeah, we had, and, was... and then we had the, we had the I don't know if you remember, the we went to the playoffs. I think it might have been, what year was it? Maybe it was 07 when we were going to play Houston in that series yeah. and had the, the, the playoff rally. That play, that, it was a beautiful day. Pioneer Square was slammed. People were in their windows, and I got to... <laughs> I was fortunate enough to be able to be out there and interviewing, and I've got pictures from behind, and I'm interviewing Brandon and LaMarcus, and I mean, it looks like there's 15,000 people. I don't know how many there were. It felt but, like that many. Were yeah, there. and it wasn't yeah. a championship parade, but That's it was just first round of the playoffs. And I remember people in other markets saying, wait a minute, you guys had a rally for the playoffs? I'm like, yeah, we did, and yeah. it was a huge hit. I don't care what you think. Exactly. We did it. Sorry, not sorry. We were passionate. We were fired up. Okay, well, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll keep that on the list. Yeah, yeah. I'll call Mike Rice. We'll see if we can get him a <laughs> ticket out, see if he's willing to leave sunshine to come to rain. I would say get him to Zoom or Skype in, but I okay. know he does not he's know not how coming. to operate that. we got to get him back out at East Moreland. I heard he loves East Moreland over the years. Yeah, so he, he does. <laughs> he he, well, he just, like walked his way onto a lot of courses. <laughs> Sometimes wasn't supposed to be there, but didn't care. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, you fire off uh, driver off the deck, EP. Yeah, so one of the segments we do, Mike, is uh, driver off the deck, which is just kind of a few short, quick, off-the-wall questions that we have for you. So, Okay. First question is your favorite course in Portland, out, outdoor golf course, so not don't give oh. us a simulator course. Okay. <laughs> St. Andrews, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah, it's, right, it's right here. Yeah, Pebble Beach. Um, that's tough. I would say if I had to go number one, I'd probably go Portland Golf Club. Yeah. Because I like, again, to go back to our opening of this, I like a little more old school big trees. I love Royal Oaks, and I love Portland Golf Club for those reasons. I like Oregon Golf Club. Um, I do. I But if I had to play a course every day, it's going to be, I would say, Portland Golf Club or Tualatin Country okay. Club. How about public? Um, I really like the reserve, and I really like Langdon. Yeah, Langdon I really awesome. do. For those two courses, yeah. um, uh, and Shehalem Glen, I really like. I really Underrated do. track that people forget about. I agree with you. Yeah. I really Don't think it's a great it, course, and I love uh, OGA uh, yeah. in Woodburn, Tequila. I, I, I used to play that when it first opened all the time. I think it's a great layout. I, I love some of the funkiness of it without being hokey. I think it's a great course. If you had one round of golf to play – who would you play with, and where would it be? Well, it would be at Augusta, for sure. With us, right? Yes, with you guys. Yes. That, that's, that's the answer. Who's the fourth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Who would I play with? Uh, can this be like you can go dead or alive, fantasy land? Yeah, I'd probably play with, well, Arnold Palmer was one of my, and I was so fortunate to be able to be around him a little bit. I didn't know him. I just happened to be, I was at a breakfast with him. This is the way this worked out, and this is all kudos to Peter Jacobson, who, um, I did a lot of stuff with, and, and uh, Peter's been here, by the way, um, and I talked to him frequently. But Peter was my father-in-law, who is from Arizona, and a golf coach who's now passed uh, as of a year ago. He was a – so if, if you notice the mural we have on the wall out here, that's from the 63 Masters. So there's a reason behind that. I didn't just pick a picture of the Masters. So it's, it's Arnie and Hogan coming up the 18th. My father-in-law was a marshal at that tournament. Wow. So he was a Arnie disciple, to yeah. be sure. Arnie's army. So Arnie was coming back for the Umqua Bank Challenge, which I was always involved lightly with the Fred Meyer Challenge. And I, so Peter said, would you be the announcer on the first tee for the Umqua Bank? And I said, absolutely. And he had a great group coming back, and a lot of the guys from that era. And so I said, can I bring my father-in-law? He said, absolutely. So we went into Portland Golf Club. Maybe another reason why I picked that as one of the courses, because it had good memories from it. Um, but we and he, Peter just said, "Come into the players' area for breakfast." And I said, "I don't want to. I don't know if I should do that. I mean, that's kind of. I don't want to be where. I don't want to be in an awkward situation where people say, who is this clown?'" But we went in there, and there was Arnold, and and he sat down with us and ate. And this is only, I don't know, seven eight years ago. That is so cool. And and sat with us and and answered every question and uh, took photos. And he is he was. Everything you should be because he knew who he was and he knew what his responsibilities were being who he, who he is. And not everybody understands that. So I certainly would put Arnie in that group. Okay, okay so you and Arnie, we got to pick a course and you got to pick two other people. The course is Augusta. Augusta. Okay. okay. Yeah. Who rounds out the foursome? Rounds out the foursome. Um, probably my dad and my father-in-law. Yeah. That's a, great, that's a great group right there. <laughs> that would be great. Gosh. Okay, a little bit of Trailblazer golf hybrid. Yeah. Best Trailblazer golfer of all time. Oh, probably Danny Ainge. 
He just uh, seems like the best athlete at everything. Steve almost. Kerr would be up there. I play. I used to play with with Steve, and I used to play the reserve when he was in his short time here. Um, Steve was a very good golfer. Steve Blake is a very good golfer. Wow. Uh, Steve's dad was a teaching pro in Florida, and in fact, when Steve was playing here and then re- and then was living here, retired. Now he's in Orlando. His dad worked at Twalling Country Club in the bag room. Oh, funny. So yeah, so Steve was a very good player naturally, and if he worked on it, would be very very good. Um, Terry Porter is a good player. And and he, he practices with Henniger at the golf farm. So yeah. yeah, Terry's still around doing that. And then trying to think other that's probably the best. Ainge is good at everything. Yeah. So I mean he's just an athlete. Unbelievable. Best yeah. athlete this state has ever produced yeah. by far. Yeah. Last question. Last round you played with Mike Rice, and how many times did he lose his composure? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't you know, the funny thing is is he didn't lose his composure as much as because if he went behind a tree, he'd just kick it out. And it would be in the middle of the summer on the driest day, and he bumps every lie up and then gives himself every six-foot, seven-foot putt. And then put me down for a par, and I'm like, par? Par? I saw you lose two balls, and you were in the water, and you got a par? I actually got my only hole-in-one with rice at the south course at the reserve on number seven, which oh, was a wow. man's hole-in-one, and we were playing the, I was playing the blues. That's wow. impressive. So it was 222 with Ooh. a three-iron. And he was actually with me for that. And that was really cool. He was fun to play with. Um, he really was. We played a lot on the road, too, especially playoff time when you'd get a couple of down sure. days. Um, we played in San Antonio a few times, played in Houston, um, played in Florida, played in Utah. I played with Ron Boone and uh, their broadcast team in Utah a few times when it was nicer. But um, And then we, we played TPC Scottsdale one time on a playoff we were down there for the playoffs, had a couple of days off. So, yeah, anyway. We didn't get a lot in because it depends on who the coach was. Some coaches, like, you didn't bring your golf clubs. It was a bad look on the team. Because you plan. travel with the team, right? Yeah, So yeah. you're putting your clubs yeah, on. Yeah, it just didn't. It didn't. I never, I always felt weird about bringing them. But then some coaches, um, they didn't. Like, Terry Stotts didn't care. And Terry Terry's played in here some. They just moved. But Terry's been in here quite a bit. Um, but Terry didn't care. Yeah. Um, and Nate didn't really care. But, but it would feel a little funny. I would make sure they were on the plane before anybody else saw them. <laughs> you can't really, you can't really hide second. Them. Yeah. yeah. It was always a little awkward, but we would take them, especially in the playoffs. Nobody cares. Yeah, you got down days and stuff. Well, Mike, this was awesome. Thanks so much for hopping on the podcast. Absolutely. For hanging out with us for an hour. It was It's awesome to see it, to experience it. I've never been out here, and uh, I'm hooked. So Great. I'm, I'm ready to be Love here. Love it. Thank you for uh, having me on. Honored. There you go. Mike Barrett, episode 17 of the Grip City Golf Podcast. I'm still around. I hit it hard, man, so far, man, no laying up, no holding back, ain't afraid of nothing, it's a natural fact, I hit it long, man, till it's gone, man, keep taking chances, live at large, I hit it, hit it, hit it hard. People would have given up by now All the rough I've seen These ups and downs Somehow I just keep on playing through